The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy. I'm your host, Bruce Clay. With me today are Susan and Virginia. Hello, everybody. Good afternoon. You can catch SEM Synergy every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's noon Pacific. You can also download it at any time from Webmaster Radio's Search Engine Optimization channel. Stream it on SEMSynergy.com or pick it up on iTunes. Today we're a little bit different. I thought we would talk about one of the more popular platforms. Uh, For those of you who haven't figured it out, it's... The you'll never need more than a 140 character platform. <laughs> um, that's why you'll never need more than 640k. Uh, we're talking about Twitter and uh, other things that go along that. I mean, ads are creeping in everywhere. Twitter is starting to show ads. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think that uh, there's something about 140 characters and an ad that really kind of throws you off a little bit. What do you think? Uh, you know. We kind of talked about a little bit about this before before we started, um, and I really think that and people are already using Twitter for advertising. I mean, all the people I know are marketers, right? That's because you because Twitter is a network of niches, and so everybody I know on Twitter is a marketer of some kind or another, and they're definitely using it for it. We use it to promote our blog posts. We use it to talk about conferences. You know, we use it to talk about new products, and everybody else does the same thing. I mean, all those cool contests that people find on Twitter are all promotional. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, last week you were doing the Leapfish uh, retweet because they were giving money to charity with every retweet. Great cause, no problem, but it was still marketing. So Twitter's already being used for marketing. It's just that people don't like that Twitter is doing its own marketing. Everybody's allowed to make money on Twitter but Twitter, <laughs> right? That's, that's kind of the attitude I feel from people. Is, no, we don't want ads in our stream. No, we don't want Twitter inserting stuff into our stream. Get over it. <laughs> yeah, and um, I mean, I think it's just weird. People are uncomfortable with having uh, ads in their their familiar places, but how long do you think... I mean, was television, did that originate with ads right there already? I would think so. Is it because these things weren't created with ads in mind? Well, if you really think back, television was preceded by radio. And radio had sponsorship of a show. They had commercials. They had, you know, this hour and that hour. And all these things were... Uh, around for a very, very long time. I think newspapers 
certainly had ads for a very, very long time. None of these inventions came without cost. And ultimately, everything has to figure out how to be self-funding or it goes away. And I think that if Twitter is worth saving, it is worth the community supporting their ability to pay for themselves. I think that there's almost an obligation. Or we are to say... Twitter was a fad. We used it because it was free. Now that there's ads, we're going to go somewhere else. And I don't know that that's ever going to happen. People have said for some time that they would pay to use Twitter. Yeah. But do you think that that really would last for long? It, well, it could. I mean, it's possible that there are people who really never, ever want to see ads and are willing to pay for the privilege. You know, there are communities out there that work like that already. Okay, so let's take it to the next step. Everybody has a phone. Everybody receives texts. What if the phone company said, texting is free, we're going to put an ad on it? As long as I had the option to continue to pay for my texts, no, 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 no. No, no, no. I didn't say you could still pay for it. Well, what, what, right. From now on, it's free. From now on, it's free, but you have to see ads. I, you know what? I don't like the lack of choice. So, but if, if they said, and the other thing is, I'm already paying for a service that's ad free in that case. I'm paying to get text messages at an exorbitant rate because we know that you pay more per text message than you do for data on the phone company's wires. So I'm already paying this rate. If I'm willing to keep paying it, you should be willing to not send me ads. Right? All right. So what about Twitter? So if you're willing to pay for Twitter, I think you should be able to opt out of ads. All right. This is is my pro account. I'm not going to see anybody's ads but mine. Oh, speaking of which... Pro accounts are coming. Yeah, pro pro accounts are coming. Speaking of, yeah, since you, like, uh, since I brought it up, um, what an has- accidental mention. <laughs> <laughs> well, Twitter, and and that's the thing. Twitter has been talking about having pro accounts, and I think that if you pay for an account, you don't necessarily. I I don't think that you should necessarily be opted into ads. I think there might be tiers. You see less ads. I mean, that might happen, but at the very least, it feels like, okay, we're providing you a service. You have to pay us back somehow. You're either going to do it by looking at ads, or you're going to do it by giving us actual money. And they probably prefer that you give them actual money. But the majority of people aren't going to do that. The majority of people are going to learn to live with the ads. They're not going to like them. They're going to complain about them. They're going to complain that it's bad matching and that they're seeing inappropriate ads and all of the other things that we already hear from. Or they'll flip over and say, you're prying into my personal life so you can do behavioral targeting. Right. So one way or the other, there'll be a complaint. Right. But I don't think that that's going to stop ads, and I don't think that it should. Apparently I'm pro-Twitter ads. Who knew? (laughs) I think I am too, because like we mentioned, the platform has been used as an advertising platform before. And I find value in what people are sharing with me, even if it's about like a company or an organization with something that they're trying to promote. And like we saw with Facebook, it's a tricky thing to cross over into. And I think there's a lot of ownership in... Like, people feel ownership of this because they've been using it for so long. This is their community. And I can understand that it's going to be something to overcome, but they're going to have to overcome it, right? At what point are we going to need spam filters on Twitter? Come on. I mean, look what happened to email. Yeah. Email was free. Well, you know what? They should give us the ability to block ads just like we block people. 
Same di- I, oh, that's the same it, difference. As effectively as we can on email? No, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean like, you block, I mean, exactly the same as you blocked her. You just showed me a Viagra ad, I never want to see a Viagra ad again, block. Hmm. Done. That, I think that that should be a possibility. Then that way you're only seeing ads that you like. And, but you still have to see all the ads. You can't block every single ad. Um, that's what I think should be the way it goes. So, Twitter, I have just solved your problem for you. You're welcome. It's time for a quick break, but stay right where you are. More SEM Synergy is on the way. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Want to learn the biggest asset to driving online success? Let me introduce you to my expert advisor, PixelSilk. PixelSilk is a robust content management system built on a foundation to create online marketing success. It's the only content management system that offers keyword-specific SEO advice, can integrate with your shopping cart system, and offer multi-site management. PixelSilk frees my time while making my company's website easy to manage and promote. Even better, PixelSilk has been embraced by the SEO community. I'm Bruce Clay, and PixelSilk is the first CMS I have ever felt good about recommending. With this winning combination, we have all the tools we need. PixelSilk.com, the ultimate in SEO-driven CMS. This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebAuthor.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to prwebauthor.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online news release and content distribution service. Watch your shopping cart overflow because you found the Ecom Experts. Ecom Experts, Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Bruce Clay. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Virginia, and I'm joined by Michael Gray, a.k.a. the infamous Gray Wolf. Thanks so much for coming on the show again, Michael. Thank you for having me. Before the break, we were talking about in-stream Twitter ads and the mixed reaction users are having towards them. As an internet marketer, one of your areas of expertise is Twitter. So do you think in-stream Twitter ads are a safe bet for marketers, or is there anything they should be aware of or careful of before entering that space? 
Um, well, you know, I think as long as you kind of use a little bit of common sense in the way you approach it, um, you should be okay. If you're going to be one of those people who's just going to Twitter out ads and that's pretty much going to make up the majority of your content, then you're probably going to get yourself in trouble and, you know, there's not going to be anything interesting there for your readers. But if you're able to mix in enough other interesting links or start enough other interesting conversations or debate and, you know, maybe 15, 20, 25 percent of your things are links and as long as they're relevant to what you're talking about, um, then you should be fine. You really shouldn't have any problem with that. Yeah, and some of the ad services, it sounds like, do allow users to make sure that the ads that they're going to be tweeting out are, like, related to their interests, which is great. But what about as a brand, is there any, like, possible backlash of being associated with the fact that you are letting people push out your content in a on a format like Twitter? Um, well, yeah, I know a lot of people, they, they, look, they look down their nose at the, um, you know, anybody who's involved in social media and, and sort of commercializes it, and I just really don't think, I think they're taking a really, really narrow view, because when you see a lot of those that their friends have done, in some case, they're advertising. Um, for example, uh, yesterday, Matt Cutts twittered something out about Google Chrome. Now, Matt works for Google, and he works in the search division, but if he twitters something out about Google Chrome or Google Android, isn't he, in fact, advertising for some product of Google? And I know you could say Google's a whole big company, but what if, for example, Microsoft said to all employees, you know what, we want to help our Xbox sales this Christmas. It'd be great if you guys all twittered something about your favorite Xbox game instead of the Wii. You know, we're crossing that line into where the advertising ends and where it doesn't. So that's a, it's a dangerous kind of thing. And it will have to kind of be experimented with, I'm sure, before everybody's agreed upon how they like to interact on Twitter. Yeah, I think, you know, you've just got to kind of find a balance of where you're comfortable. I don't think you should really, you know, if you're going to say, oh, if one person complains, I'm never going to do a sponsored tweet again, you know, that's just a, that's a really reactionary kind of thing. There's, there's always going to be someone who doesn't like what you're doing, and that's just part of the way it is. If you try and make everybody happy, you're just going to end up with something that's really boring. If the majority of your people are complaining... You've got to, then you've got to say, you know what, is this worth what I'm giving up, and kind of make that decision there. Um, you know, I think people who are, choose, who are using sponsored tweets, one of the things that's really odd that I've seen is they tweet out it at non-optimal times. Um, sometimes they'll tweet out at like 5 in the morning or 6 in the morning or at like 9 in the morning on East Coast time, and you're missing a big chunk of that audience. Again, maybe you're getting the East Coast and you're getting uh, the people over in Europe, but if you want to get the, the, bigger, bunk, the bar, bigger bulk of people, Figure out where your audience is and probably tweet that out during the, you know, like where it's 1 o'clock on the East Coast time, where it's 9 or 10 o'clock on the West Coast time, so you're getting your maximum exposure there. Um, earlier you wrote a blog post, uh, actually this month, over at your blog, which is wolf-howl.com, called mm-hmm. Twitter Lists Are Awesome. What strategies do you think marketers can use to leverage Twitter lists, which is a relatively well, I, new feature? Sure. Um, well, there's a couple different ways you can do that. And actually, I just published something today. Uh, where actually I show how you can use a Twitter list to actually create a problem for someone. Um, I actually create a list that says a list of people who bought links. Now, the, uh, this, this is a fictitious list, and I was just using it as an example, but I went out and I put Matt Cuts on it just so that if someone was looking that particular thing up. So you can use Twitter lists for good or evil. If you want to use them for something that's, you know, you say, I'm going to build an industry resource that these are the important people. Maybe you want to list all the airlines, or maybe you want to list all the car magazines or something like that. That's really a good thing to do. But you can also use them for, for evil or bad. And, you know, there's some sort of danger there. And it's going to be kind of interesting to see how Google learns to deal with that because basically Twitter works like Wikipedia. All the page rank that flows in kind of gets stuck there because everything is, is no-follow that goes out. So 
they've got to be careful about how that's going to be used and abused and do what they can to start taking and to mitigate any people who are trying to take advantage of that. Okay. Um, so one of the great business applications of Twitter is that it can be used for content distribution, obviously getting your content out in, a lot of, in front of a lot of people. And do you have any tips for brands or businesses that want to use Twitter in that way? Um, if you're trying to draw a lot of attention to your stuff, you, again, you want to try and tweet it out during an optimal time. One of the other things I found that is sometimes if you tweet it multiple times during the day because you want to get the East Coast people and you want to get the West Coast people or you want to, maybe you want to get the people over in Europe if that's where your market is. So sometimes you will tweet things out multiple times during the day. If you want to avoid looking like you're, you're, you don't want to be spamming, keep tweeting the same thing out. You can change the message up a little bit or sometimes what I've found is effective is tweeting it out early morning one day and then tomorrow afternoon. Um, another thing that's also kind of helpful is if you go back and start looking at your, your archives, say what's the, what's the best stuff that we have that's out there. This is what we were doing last year or a blast from the past or here's our greatest hits. Um, that's the kind of stuff that kind of brings life back to some of that old stuff. And, you know, it can help bring, bring some visibility, bring some traffic, and maybe even generate some links. Okay, good ideas. Um, so earlier you mentioned um, it was like, how everybody uses Twitter in their own way. But Robert Scoble recently wrote a blog post called Yo, Chris Brogan, You're Doing Twitter Wrong. And he wrote this open letter where he like, lists all the faults he sees in Chris Brogan's tweeting style, which is like up for debate. But okay, let's take the points that he's making. And one of uh, his points was, look at his Twitter homepage. All you see is at replies. This is what makes Brogan Brogan because he's going to answer you no matter how popular he gets. But that means I can't find the good stuff he publishes. I wish he'd do a separate feed of just his blog posts and well-thought-out things. And you recently did just that. So along with Gray Wolf, you've also got Gray Wolf SEO. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any recommendations about this? Uh, I mean, you think this was a, a strategy that fit you. Um, what, what might uh, somebody, a Twitter user, want to consider if they're thinking about doing this? Um, the reason I kind of do that is because I talk about a lot of different things, and some people wanted just to hear me talking about SEO and just wanted SEO links, and they didn't want to hear other things that I was talking about. And I can understand that, so that, that was kind of the purpose there. And actually, I think that Scoble was right. If, if you're going to be a high-volume Twitterer or you're going to Twitter about a lot of different things, you're probably better off trying to segment your stuff into some logical groups. Again, you, can, you, know, you don't want to create 50 feeds, but you want to create a handful that lets you divide things up in, in equally. Now, I say you, when you do that, you want to kind of make some content on each, each channel unique because if you're just going to, you can cross-post the best stuff, but keep it so that the, each channel has its own unique content that people get there. So this way there's some incentive for people just to use that particular channel. Okay. One of the commenters on that same post said, um, what we need is a filter that separates replies and non-replies, but until then, self-sorting is a good idea. How do you feel about leaving it up to Twitter to fix that problem, especially in light of um, the whole retweet fiasco? Yeah, it, it, I think a lot of people want different things. Um, I know they change the way they handle ads. Initially, initially, it used to be whenever someone added, you know, if you see some whatever someone tweeted out, and then they changed it with the ad messages where if you weren't following that other person, you weren't seeing it. And they, the idea was that they didn't want you to be involved in a conversation. Now, sometimes you miss talking out with interesting people or seeing other interesting conversations, but that was Twitter deci- Twitter's decision. Um, the retweet's gotten a lot of, you know, controversy. A lot of people really like it. 
and they say, you know, this way we don't have to worry about tweets being hijacked and bad links being inserted and any other sorts of things like that, which are legitimate concerns. But I think Twitter really handled it wrong by dropping other people into your stream. So you've got to try to find a way that works for you, makes you happy, and kind of doesn't piss off your people who are reading you too much. Well, you can contact Michael Gray and read more from him by heading over to Gray Wolf's SEO blog at wolf-howell.com or on Twitter, uh, where his main kind of everything feed is Gray Wolf or the more SEO-related Gray Wolf SEO. And thanks so much for stopping by the show again, Michael. And thank you for having me. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I can't wait to see all the deliciousness that you whip up. I hope that you post pictures. (laughs) Yeah, we'll be posting a few. Okay. After the break, we'll be back with some tips for using Twitter for content distribution. SEM Synergy will be right back. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high-converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit ConversionCritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.ConversionCritic.com. Revenues can come from many different sources. Are you capturing additional revenue from your payment processor or leaving money on the table? Lytle & Company can help you grow your top-line revenue. Lytle & Company provides payment processing and consultative merchant services for multi-channel retailers, along with internet and direct response businesses who sell directly to consumers. Lower the total cost of payment acceptance while improving your business processes and chargeback management with Lytle & Company's innovative reporting and analytics features. Lytle & Company. The card's not present, but we are. Find out more at Lytle. L-I-T-L-E dot com. So you're telling me your affiliate program on the local Pages Affiliate Network is performing as well as your handicap? Absolutely. Thanks to their top-tier XML feed, I'm able to monetize all of my traffic. They handle all of my volume to anywhere in the world. Plus, I also get high cost per click and the most exclusive of advertisers to work with. You should join the club. Sounds good. I can't wait to join. But first, let's work on that tee shot. Use the power of local pages with over 5 billion searches per month and the largest database of paid search listings. Let Local Pages Affiliate Network personalize your account and give you the search tools and solutions you need. Become a Local Pages Affiliate today with localpages.com. LPO, landing page optimization. Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Bruce Clay. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. I'm Susan Esparza here with Virginia Nussie and Michael Terry. And before the break, Virginia talked to Michael Gray about his tips for marketing on Twitter. So along those lines, we want to continue the discussion of how Twitter can be used as a content distribution network and get in a little bit into URL shorteners, too, I think. Right, because that is really the 
crux of sharing content on Twitter. You can't throw a whole URL up there because sometimes it shortens it for you. So why not be able to have the tracking and all the stuff that comes with Right. And sometimes it doesn't shorten it for you and it just breaks it. Right. Which is even more awesome. Right. (laughs) But yeah, no, I, I think that making sure that you're running it through your account on a on the URL shortener of your choice is is a much better plan. We use two. I use Bitly and then the official uh, SEM Synergy and at Bruce Clay Inc. Twitters both use Cligs because we have an account there and we can set it up so that it will automate um, that. And so I, I see the tracking on both of them. Bitly seems like it's got better tracking to me. You can see everything that's come through on Bitly when you're talking about like tweeting um, a link to say a blog post and then someone else also tweets a link to a blog post and uses Bitly to shorten it. Even though I didn't shorten it, I can still see in aggregate how many clicks there are, which is why I really prefer Bitly over, you know, a lot of the others. So if somebody takes a URL from our site right. and uses Bitly and you've already shortened that same URL, it will show you those statistics as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't get their you there. I don't get their actual individual URL, but I get an aggregate of, you know, somebody clicked on your link fifty times, but there are a total of a hundred click-throughs on any Bitly URL that points to the same that place. Points to the same page. Oh, okay. So that one's really good. It also gets retweeted a lot. Right. Like if you look at uh, if you look at a comparison of all the different shorteners bitly's far and away the most retweetable mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what what surprises me is that people retweet Owly and and super as well and i hate the stumble upon shortener and i hate Owly for the same reason right they have frames like they stick a frame around the site i don't you, I don't want that content. I, I want the content of the page. Yeah, the frames you know? are annoying. The, the frames are very annoying, and, and I don't understand why people use them. And there so must be some do. unique benefit. Don't yeah. people just retweet Bitly links more often just because they, there are more of them? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe. is there a significant, is there a functional difference between URL shortened links? Other than the frame one that you, the frame issue that you just talked about? Um, I think people trust some more than others. Okay. You know, like tiny URL, people are used to seeing it. It was kind of the first one, but it's also quite long, right? Bitly is five characters. Tiny URL is seven. Seven? No. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten. Dot com counts. <laughs> oh, dot com counts? Well, yeah. Oh, because yeah. Because bitly is B-I-T dot L-Y. Right. So I guess it's actually okay, six. That's absurd. But tiny URL is <laughs> four, four, three. So. Okay. So then there are pointed. some tips that people have figured out along the way of commonalities in the tweets that seem to be most retweeted. Oh, because retweets are kind of like the way to get that content distribution. Right. That's why we're focusing on that. Right. That, that's, how you, that's how you spread it. I mean, you can <laughs> encourage people to tweet about it on their own, but they'd much rather just be able to take your content and redo it. People are lazy. So make it 
easy for them to do it, right? Apparently not as lazy as click a button, though, because we'd much rather copy and paste than just click a button. Well, that's different because there's no opportunity for commenting. We're yes. not even going to get into the new retweet <laughs> function, okay? All right. We all, we all agree that it's lame. Right. It's, it's a and, bit broken. And that it breaks the functionality that retweets were designed for. So let's just say that and move on. Okay, so anyway, be sure you want to leave room for extra characters if you have a if you're sending something out on Twitter and you want it to be retweeted. Yeah. People, people like to comment. People, they're going to want to put your name in it, so you need to make sure that you have at least enough space for your name. Probably about 20 characters, but, you know, count. You know, write RT space at your username, colon, and then see how many spaces you have left over, and don't make your messages longer than that. Better yet, make it even shorter than that so that when someone does retweet it, they have a chance to put in that commentary that's so valuable, that's the reason that a lot of people don't like the new retweet function. Um, and then also, one uh, HubSpot marketer found that the most retweeted tweets of his were, like, more intelligent-sounding or used bigger words. Mm -hmm. They uh, had more syllables per word than his non-retweeted re uh, tweets. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't have, I mean, you don't have to use the text speak to get all of your information in. It's possible to craft a message in a hundred under 120 characters that doesn't sound like you typed it while driving on the freeway. You know? <laughs> Not that you would do that, because that's illegal. And then, as far as the time to tweet, it looks like Friday has the most retweets. Yeah, yeah, we've got graphs in front of us. That's what we're looking at right now. Um, but yeah, I think probably because it's the end of the week and people are hanging out on Twitter waiting for the day to go by. And they're like, oh, yeah, I think I'll retweet something now. Oh, that was funny. Ha ha. Similarly, it looks like 4 p.m. Eastern to like <laughs> 6 Eastern or so. Quitting is time. The, yeah. Right. Just Best saying. time of the day. So when they're, you're not actually doing any work anymore, then you can get on Twitter. Yeah. That's 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 Pacific, in case you were wondering. <laughs> let, me, let me do the conversion for you. All right. So I hope you got something out of our all-Twitter episode. That's it for this week's show. <coughs> Thanks to Webmaster Radio for producing SEM Synergy. And a special shout-out to our behind-the-scenes go-to guy at Webmaster Radio. Happy birthday, Brasco. Yes, it's Brasco's birthday, and since he probably won't tell you himself, I will. Um, you can tell Brasco happy birthday on Twitter or swing by the chat room. Speaking of which, I'm always in the chat room during the noon uh, Pacific Wednesday podcast initial airing. So you can send questions there if you want to hear something on the show. And uh, you can also send them over to Synergy at bruceclay.com um, or check out SEMSynergy.com for all the info about this week's guest and topics. And we're also on Twitter at Synergy. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah.